the ICC Imara podcast. Here at ICC Imara, we're all about connecting people to God and to each other, challenging believers to Christ-likeness, and changing the world. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this message. Good morning and welcome to yet another beautiful, beautiful Sunday where we meet together and worship the Lord right there in your living rooms. We thank God that you are gathered together as family and whoever is all around you. And we just want to honor God for yet another beautiful Sunday. This morning we continue with our series, Little by Little. And uh, I believe that we have been blessed in the last uh, couple of Sundays. And today we are going to look into a new topic, the topic of confidence in our faith. And uh, it is possible that uh, we can slowly sink into a place where confidence is no longer in our faith in God, but confidence in ourselves and what we have or what God has blessed us with. So confidence through faith. And confidence is the self-assurance or the certainty of where we are in our journey in life according to how we have perceived or seen things or arranged our things. And so we can say it is brought about by the belief that you are in the right direction in your journey. And each one of us is on a journey. And this journey, we sit down and we plan it and we know where we are going. And it is very easy for us to get to a place where confidence is no longer in God, but the trust has been transferred to whatever we have around us. And this is what I want us to discuss this morning. You know, when you are confident, you are bayoud. You, you are uplifted with a certainty that there is going to be a reward at the end of that journey. If you are making a journey and you have purpose that at the end of this journey, this is what I am going to, to achieve. And you're very, very, very confident that you are on the right track and your journey is, uh, is well arranged and well prepared. It, you, you, you have that assurance or certainty that at the end of this journey, there is going to be a reward. And, and, and so you take up your path. You are not ashamed of that path. It does not matter if and if uh, there is no one else uh, who is going to, to agree with you or anyone else who is, uh, you know, believes in, in, in the plan of your journey. You have your self-confidence. 
and you know that uh, this is the right thing. It doesn't matter that it has not been accepted by others. It doesn't matter whether it is uh, being celebrated by others. So long as you are sure that you are on the right track. You see, for every journey that we take, there must be a preparation in consideration of several things. Perhaps we may look at the length of the journey. Perhaps we may look at the time that it is going to take. You may want to, to look at uh, uh, the means uh, that you are going to use in this journey. You may also have to look at the resources that you need for the journey. You may also look at the company that you want uh, to keep uh, for that uh, journey. It, uh, we may also have to consider the weather conditions, whatever it is uh, that is going to, uh, to, 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 you know, to, to affect the journey that you are going to, to take. And in the end, we must also think about the destination because for every journey, it has a destination. There is a place that we are going. When you begin a journey, it has a beginning and it has an end. And we must always have an end in mind. It is this end in mind that uh, helps you to think uh, with whatever expected achievement that are there. This is what helps us to, to plan and to think and to look forward to because there is a goal, there is a reward at the end of this journey for its purpose. You know, for the 400 years that the children of Israel were in Egypt, God prepared them. He prepared them because he had a plan for them. And during that period of the 400 years, we know that they went through a difficult time of uh, slavery. And uh, sometimes we may, we may think about this was really indeed a hard time for them to go through. But when you read the scriptures, uh, clearly you will see that God indeed was preparing them through these 400 years for what he had planned for them in the covenant that he had with Abraham. So God prepared his people through the hands of their slave masters for the promise that he had given to, to their ancestors. He taught them during that time, he taught them hard work. It may look like it was slavery, but there was a lesson that people or the people of Israel were learning. They were learning hard work. They were taught love and they were taught brotherhood. They were taught unity. They were taught to fight together on the same end because they had a common enemy. And for 400 years during this time, God was uh, instilling some skill to them even though it looked like uh, they were in slavery. Now, I want you to remember when you read the book of Genesis and you will read uh, from chapter 41 through 45 and you will, you will see the encounter of Joseph and his brothers and you will remember in chapter 45 when uh, Joseph is speaking to his brothers, finally when he reveals himself, and he says that do not blame yourself because this is God's plan for the salvation of his people. So it began 
on a time they went in there, settled very well in, uh, in Goshen by their brother, but they did not understand that this was the beginning of a long journey. Yes, they may have been fed during the famine. They went in there two years after the famine had started, and the famine lasted for seven years. And for five years, they were fed in Egypt, but it was in preparation of bigger things. Did you know that sometimes we go through what we go through in preparation of what is coming? And we may sit back and we, 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 we pity ourselves and we feel bad about a situation that you're going through. But what you don't realize is that because God understands and he knows what is ahead of us, he is indeed preparing us for the things that are about to come. These children of Israel were taught how to fight together. And, uh, and, and sometimes the circumstances that we are going through, they are to toughen us, they are to prepare us, they are to, to just instill a nerve of steel in us so that we can be able to stand firm when the challenges of life uh, come. But when uh, the children of Israel were, were, were in Egypt, they not only were prepared, but they were also, God allowed for them to be exposed to many gods. And they, they, in Egypt, you know, we said last Sunday that they had a God for everything. And the children of Israel, this was not something that was strange. And they knew that you can go to this God and to that God. But what happened is when the journey began, God now gave them a commandment and he revealed himself to them and he told them there is only one God and he is a generous God and he shares his glory with no other God. And this is a big lesson because it was a shift of culture and they now had to depend on this God who saves. Do you know what happened in that journey? As they were approaching the, the, the Red Sea, God gave them his cover. And uh, they were afraid at the time when they came to the sea. It was a time they were not sure now what happens. The sea is in front of us. And looking back, they saw the Egyptians pursuing them. So to speak, the gods of Egypt pursuing them. But what a victorious time when they saw the true God they have now come to trust in, opened the sea and on dry land they passed and the gods of Egypt, the people of Egypt, as they followed them, they were drowned. And so to speak, it was a kind of a burial of the past and a beginning of a new life across the sea. It is very, very significant for us to understand that sometimes God will bring situations in our lives when it is very, very clear that the past is buried and there is a beginning of a new relationship with our God. But what is it that causes us sometimes, even when we have seen God and we have experienced him, what happens that we get to a place where we struggle in our relationship with God? And today we are talking about confidence in faith because God wants us to believe before we see. That's what faith is about. God wants us to believe. He wants us to trust. He wants us to know that he cares about us.
and he never reveals himself fully to us because there must be an element of faith in the relationship with God. So what is it that comes our way? And this morning I want us to look at uh, some of those challenges. But what I have found so interesting, it is not the big things that take us away from our relationship with God. It is not the big things that cause us to distrust God, so to speak. It is the, what I'm calling this morning the small phones in our lives. The small lives. You know that little mchanga, that sad that gets onto your, your, your shoe as you walk on this journey that causes you to stop and to, to, to remove uh, 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 the, the, the retro sand that is causing discomfort. Because if you don't do that, you will not be able to finish the journey because your feet will sore. It might be a small thing that is in that shoe, but if you don't remove it, you will not be able to finish the journey. So we are looking at the small horns. In our first sermon, we talked about the battle within. And we saw the struggle of the flesh. In our second sermon, um, we talked about trusting God despite, despite the challenges that we may come across. And you, we, we have seen that there is a struggle with the flesh because there is a place that the flesh is comfortable and it wants to remain in that comfort. And when God removes that comfort a little bit, we become jittery and our relationship with God is not as ought, it, it ought to be. We, we, God is asking us to trust him despite those challenges and we looked at it. We also saw that God has a plan. We also saw that God has got his own timing. We also saw that God has a reason for everything he does or everything that he allows uh, to happen. So in these two sermons, God has taught us the journey of faith can be a very challenging one. And this is what I want us to look at this morning to see how we can overcome these challenges. You see, the heart is willing to keep to the narrow and the straight, but the flesh thinks otherwise. The flesh feels otherwise. We know, yes, because we have been redeemed, because we have a relationship with God, that we ought to keep in the narrow and straight. But the flesh yearns for an easier and a quicker way of doing things. The truth is that our biggest struggle, yes, it is not the big uh, things, but uh, we fall to the literal obstacles that come our way. You see, the children of Israel wrestled with God, not over the big battles, but over food and over water. Yet God had conquered the biggest enemies uh, that came their way, he brought down and we saw it in the last two, two Sundays. We saw the, the tribes uh, that God was able to conquer on behalf of Israel. But this is not what uh, the children of Israel were struggling about. They were complaining that they didn't have food to eat. They wanted meat at one time. It is the small things that may look insignificant that actually come and, and severe our relationship with God. I want us this morning to look at uh, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29. And the Lord renewed his covenant with Israel. Remember, after 40 years, 
Because uh, remember, 40 years earlier, he had met uh, with the children of Israel out at Mount Sinai. And he had uh, brought in chapter 19 and 20 of Exodus, he had called Moses to give him instructions on how the children of Israel are going to cross over to the promised land. But this is a new generation because over those 40 years, many of them had died along the way and they were not to cross over to, to the promised land because of the things that they had done against God. So this new generation needed to understand about the covenant that God had with Abraham. And so in Deuteronomy 29, God is about to renew this covenant with his, uh, his people. And... Uh, uh, and Moses has called uh, these uh, the, 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 people together and a conversation is taking place. And um, God is about uh, to, to speak to them and talk about uh, the covenant and then speak with them what they are supposed to do in return to what God is asking them. God is saying, you have to obey me. You have to live by my word. And... Uh, he has promised that he was going to keep his part of the covenant. And in return, the, 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 the children of Israel, they had promised to love and to obey God in order to, live the, uh, to achieve the physical and the spiritual comfort or healing uh, or blessings, if you like, uh, if they kept to the word of God. And so we want to look at what is it then? after this new covenant that continued to be an obstacle. Remember, we are looking at the small thorns. We are looking at the little thorns. We are looking at the little sand that is in the shoe. And I want us to draw parallel to ourselves today. What is it that we struggle with? And the number one little thorn that I have, uh, I can talk about this morning, is food for the stomach. Food for the stomach. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 2 to 6, the Bible says that your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to all his land. With your own eyes, you saw those great trials, those miraculous signs, and great wonders. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind to understand or eyes that see or ears that hear. During the years that I read you uh, through the desert, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord your God. Friends, many times we think that it is because of the abundance of the blessings of God and the things that we know are good for us. We think that this is what will make the journey easier, straight and quicker. 
But remember, this is a journey that we are on. And during this journey, God wants to walk with us. He does not want us to go through this journey in the comfort of the things that he gives to us. He tells the children of Israel that you do not drink any wine. He is saying to them that during this time, you did not enjoy the comfort. I read you through the desert, yet your clothes did not wear out, nor your sandals on your feet. I think in the food for stomach little thorn, there are two things I want us to understand and to accept. Number one, accept God's training during this season. Accept God's training during this season. You may not be eating your bacon and your eggs. But the Lord says that I will provide for all your needs. Hallelujah. So do not speak at God. Do not speak at God or against him because he seems to have withdrawn the comfort that you have been enjoying all these years. No. Rather, praise him that he is sustaining you as you trust in him, as you grow in confidence in him. God reminded Israel of the battles that he fought for them, the big battles, the small battles. He reminded them of what they went through in Egypt. And God is talking about the miracles and the wonders that happened there. But you and I may think that this was meant for the Egyptians. No. The miracles and the wonders that God demonstrated against Pharaoh was not meant for Pharaoh so that he can yield. It was meant for the children of Israel so that they may know that they serve a mighty God. That the miracles that he did in Egypt, he is able to continue doing it through the desert in this journey until they reach where he had said they were going. Hallelujah. He is a God of miracles. Don't think that those are miracles that are meant or demonstrated for others. It is for your understanding. It is for your relationship with God. It is so that you may know that God is able to pull me out of my situation. I may not be in the best comfort. I may not be eating what I am used to. I may not be staying where I am used to. But you know what? God has not abandoned me. This is the message, friends. So this is a challenge. Many of us would have never even have imagined that we would be where we are today. But look at what God has done for you and me. If we were each to give our stories, and this is what we forget so easily, because I know that some of you would not have imagined you would be who you are today. Why have you forgotten so quickly that you could not, your parents could not even afford your school fees? Some of you were orphans. 
And you could not even imagine that one day you will be sitting where you are seated. You will be holding the job that you're holding. You will be living where you are living. Because if you were asked at that time, you thought that those were things for other people. The same God is the same God in this season. And he is saying, I have not changed. I have changed your situation. I have elevated you. And the same way that I have raised you, I will continue to hold your hand. God is the one who is going to take care of you. The God who has given you shelter when you are living in a place where there were, you would not even call a home. And today you have a home and you have forgotten where you have come from. I want to encourage you today that God has not changed because of the current situation. The same God who took you out of that situation is the same God who will deliver you in your current situation. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you have turned your confidence to yourself or to other things, repent and turn back to God. Repent and turn back to God because your confidence cannot be on anything else. People may have abandoned you, may have left you. Some of you, you thought that your relatives will come to your aid and you are taken up. You don't, you, you don't even know who paid your school fees. God provided for it. And look at what God has done in you. I pray that you have not turned uh, your confidence on the things uh, that God has given you. And if you have, you better repent and turn back to God because he is the only constant factor. The second thing I want us to look in this little thorn of food and, and the stomach is to accept your portion of inheritance. And you'll get to understand this because I think it is a big one. Accepting the portion of your inheritance. You see, the reason many of us struggle is because we are not satisfied with what is on our plate. I don't know if your children are like normal children, you serve this child and the other child and you give them food in the same, you know, in different plates. And instead of seeing what is in their plate, they start by looking on what is on the plate of their brother or sister. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was you also when you were growing up. I want to confess that sometimes I would look and say, I am the eldest, so I look at the portion that I have been given and what my brother has been given. And I, you know, there is something in me. You have not even started to eat, but you're looking at what is on the plate and you are feeling that plate should have been mine. Yes, this is the character of human being. And it is the elephant that is in the room. We don't want to talk about it because we don't accept the portion of our inheritance. The biggest fight that we have today in families are on this little thorn. 
because people are never satisfied. We look at what God has put on our plate and we feel we deserved better. We look at our service in the kingdom and we feel God seems to be blessing those who do not even have a lot of commitment in his work like we do and we feel we deserve more. And so we start feeling that God cannot be trusted and we start to lose our confidence in God. But God is speaking to us this morning. Do you know what? I have a plan for you and I want you not uh, to equate my blessings uh, to you with the quantity of measure. No, it is about my relationship with you. If we have confidence in God, we know that we shall know that he is a multiplying God. Hallelujah. He is a God of faith and faith is a seed. And if we plant that seed of faith, we shall reap the harvest that God has prepared for us. If God today allows your harvest to rot through faith, he will germinate it and you are going to have a great harvest. So accept what is on your plate because God knows that it is enough for you. The second little thorn that I want us to look at this morning is a little thorn called entitlement. Entitlement. And it touches a little bit on what I have spoken about. But Deuteronomy 29 and verse 7 and 8 says, When you reach this place, Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out to fight against us. But we defeated them. We took their land and gave it as an inheritance to the Lubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. The Lord had fought the big battles for Israel. And he is the same God that fights our battles and gives us victory. That does not necessarily mean that we then are entitled to keep demanding from him. Because he knows the battles that we need to win. Israel won some battles, but at times God allowed them as part of the training. Remember, we said the 400 years they were in training. Remember, we said through the journey they were in training. And so we are on a journey and God is training us. He will allow us to win some battles, but he will allow us also to seem to lose some battles. But God is on the side. But when we are that place where we have been defeated, God reminds us that he is the one who wins the battles. Hallelujah. So we can get to a place of entitlement because he has been winning battles for us and we can struggle in our relationship with him. We can lose our confidence in God because he seems to have let us lose this one and we are used into a victorious uh, position all the time. But when God allows us to walk through uh, times when we lose our battles, we can very, very easily, very easily lose our confidence in God. I just want us to realize that we have to accept that God knows where he is taking us. Accept that God knows where he is taking you. 
the demands of entitlement we have on God, especially when we have difficult seasons, would make one imagine that God is lost. And we want to come to God and, and sort of guide him to show him the way because he seems to be lost because we are used into victories. And so we kind of sometimes approach God in a manner suggests that God, you probably have forgotten who I am. You probably are lost and I want you to find your way. In the book of Jeremiah chapter one and verse five, the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You see, God has a purpose for every believer, for every Christian. He has a purpose. And so he spoke to Jeremiah and he told him, this is your purpose. You are my prophet. I have appointed you. I knew you before you were born. Did you know that God knows you? He has a plan for you and he has a timing for that plan. God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. And each one of us is created for a specific reason. But to each one of us, we must accept whatever work God has called us to do so that God may be glorified. We must accept the portion that God has given to us. If God has given you a specific task, that is enough for you for the time being until he reveals the new, the new area that he wants you to be in. Some of us may be complaining. We may be groaning. We may be feeling that, uh, no, we needed to be in higher places, not where we are today. How can you allow this to happen in my life? We keep reminding God. Yes, it is good to have the conversation with God, but accept, accept that God knows you. And for this season, this is what he has said for you. So if God has given you a specific task, be satisfied. If you're not sure, Fulfill the general mission that God has given to us, which is to love God and to love one another and to preach the gospel. And when he needs to put you in, when he needs to put more in your hands, that time will come and he will reveal it to you. The second thing that I want us to, 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 to accept is that uh, we are in the porter's hands. We are in the porter's hands. After the Lord Jesus, uh, after, the, uh, after God sent Jeremiah down to the porter's house, and you can find that in Jeremiah chapter 18, he sent him to go and learn from the, from the porter's workshop. And uh, Jeremiah walked uh, around the workshop or the pottery, and he looked around, and he saw what the porter was doing with the clay. And verse 6 says, O house of Israel, can I not do with you what this potter does? Declares the Lord. Like the clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. You are not entitled to anything. You are clay in the potter's hand. And it is only the porter who can decide what he has. It is only God 
who can decide what he wants to do with you. God is asking us to grow in our confidence through faith in him. And we shall reap the harvest of what he has preserved for us. We shall lose. Yes, some battles we shall lose. We have lost. But through faith, we have gained because we have been strengthened and God will soon release our new roadmap. Because God is preparing us for this journey. We will lose in our businesses. We will lose in our jobs. We will lose in our provisions. He has a plan for the education of our children. The things that we are struggling with. But there is no time lost with God. It will all come together. The third little thorn that I want us to look at is success. You know we are people of success, success, success. In the book of Deuteronomy 29 and verse 9, the word of God says, Carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that you may prosper in everything you do. This was a new generation from those who had left Egypt. But because God is a promise keeper, he wanted to, uh, to reassure them that he was going to fulfill the covenant that he had made with Abraham and with their fathers. And so God is calling this congregation so that he gives them the way forward. He was renewing his covenant so that, uh, you know, those who are present today would understand what was discussed at Mount Sinai. And you know what? He was to them the same God that was there for their forefathers. Because God never changes. And he wanted to assure them that he will fulfill every word that comes out of his mouth. And this covenant was key to their prosperity. And we will see soon how also God deals with our success. And for us to understand how God relates with us so that we may succeed in life, we must accept that it is a partnership. So learn to accept the partnership. For you to prosper and to succeed, you have to accept that the only way is God's way. There is no other way. He is our partner. You know, for Israel, their part was to love God with all their heart. That is all that God asked. Love the Lord with all your heart, with your soul, and all your strength. And it is the same call that God has given to us. Because he asked us to seek, the, to seek the kingdom of God first and its righteousness. Matthew 6, 33. That is all what he is asking us to do. That is the true success in life. So that we can receive the hand of blessing of God. But many times we attempt to go it alone. We attempt not to honor God. We attempt not to honor the new covenant because we want to be loose. We want to go on our own. We want to trust in our own confidence. But God is telling us today, if you go in your own confidence, you will lose. You will lose the enemy is going to plunder all the gains that you have made. 
And so I want to ask us this morning to seek the kingdom of God first and its righteousness. That's the only sure way of success because God says all these other things, I'm going to add it to you. The second thing that I want us to accept for us to succeed is to accept and extend a brotherly love to one another. This is a call of God because the only way that God is going to bless you is if you are able to love your neighbor. You know, the journey that we are on, we need each other. And for us to, tr to prosper, we must entertain our brothers and our sisters. We must accept to share our blessings with them. And then the Lord's open doors will be available for us. You know, we have a great opportunity during this season to show love for one another. And the word of God says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Hallelujah. And as a church, we have shared our love with the little that we have. We have opened the care basket and we have fed families. We have tried to make as many families as have come over to us to be comfortable. And I want to take this opportunity to thank you for the way that you have given generously and you have become part of this partnership as we help those who are in need during this current season. And I also want to encourage you that you may take it upon yourself. Look in your neighborhood. Are there people who need this brotherly love? Are there people you need to knock doors on and give them something that will keep them going for one more night? And this is the only way that God is going to open the heaven gates for us to succeed. So I want to encourage us to keep giving so that we can help one another. And I want to thank you sincerely for your tithes and for your offering. I want to thank you because you have remained faithful in the I Belong project. But I also want to encourage you that we may continue putting it together so that uh, we can be able to reach as many as possible. And I want to ask you if you are in need. And uh, it is a need perhaps we can be able to address together. Please call on the numbers that are provided in the church and we will look in the situation and in our small way we will be able to come together because this is a season of brotherly love. And this is what God has asked us to do. We need to keep encouraging each other as we move forward in this journey. So may the Lord bless the work of your hands. May the Lord continue to bless you as you bless others. Remember what the scripture of Hebrews 13:1 says, that by entertaining strangers, you don't need to, uh, to entertain people because you know them. You don't need to greet people because you know them. You don't have to feed people because you know them. God is saying in doing so, you may also be entertaining angels without you knowing. There is a sacrificial giving that attracted the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the woman with the two coins? 
it attracted the attention of our Lord Jesus Christ because she did not give out of abundance. And sometimes we fall into that trap where we are saying we, are, we cannot be able to give because we also are in need. Do you know that God expects us, remember the widow of Zarephath, you know, God asks us to give out of our need. This is the heart of confidence and faith in God, that God knows that you are not giving out of abundance, but you are giving because you see the need and you are addressing the need, knowing that God in heaven sees you and he is going to reward you. And I want to encourage you that just as that woman who was blessed by the Lord Jesus Christ because he saw and he said that she gave out of her need, you too can give even when you don't feel that you are in a position to give. And when someone else says a prayer because they were blessed out of that gift, the Lord hears from heaven and he blesses the work of your hands. I want to conclude this sermon this morning. And I want to say this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and what we do not see. If we wait and act because we can see and we are assured, that is not faith. Remember the things that we have talked about. Remember the things that we said about God. We said that he has a plan. We said that he has his timing. We said that, uh, that he has his own reasons. And God will allow us to pass through this season. Each of us perhaps differently, but to all of us, God is preparing us that we may finish this journey of faith and we may finish it well. We are sure and certain that the God who began with us Yes, the God who began with us this season and he is going to be there always for us. He will secure our position. He will allow us to finish us strongly and well for the glory of his name. He is the one who is going to secure the end for us. However difficult it becomes, but God is going to finish strong with us. Hallelujah. Thomas, the disciple of Jesus only believed when he saw the marks on the hands of Jesus. But Jesus Christ himself, a week later when he came and he met Thomas in John chapter 20 and verse 29, he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet they have believed. Would you believe that God is going to walk with you this journey faithfully? Would you believe that God is going to reward you? Would you believe that God is going to resurrect that which the enemy seems to have taken away? Because that job is coming back. Because that business is coming back. Because that which you have entrusted to God, he is going to revive it because he is a multiplying God. Because he is a God of harvest. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, I want us to walk through this journey knowing that Jesus is real. Knowing that Jesus saves. Believe in him today. Do not have confidence in the flesh, but have confidence in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will remember you and he will give you the reward that you deserve at the end of this journey. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that your heart will be broken before the Lord.
I want to pray for you that your confidence will no longer be in yourself. It will no longer be in the job that you have. It will not be in your family. It will be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to pray with you if you have not known the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because that is where confidence in God starts. And if you want to make that prayer, I invite you right now to pray this simple prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I put my hope in you. My confidence is no longer in the flesh, but in you. Would you take me now, receive me, forgive my sins, and write my name in the book of life? Because today I have believed in you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. And then for you who has moved away from God and you're walking in your own confidence. It is my prayer that you will return, that you will repent. And let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for all of us that at one time or another we have put our confidence in, in the things that we have. And sometimes we really get disappointed because it does not add up. Would you help us to return to you our hope and our confidence through faith in you? Forgive us, Lord, as you accept us back into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. For listening we hope this message has blessed you if this ministry has impacted your life you can help us reach others by partnering with us you can give through our website iccemar.org give be sure to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this have a great week